Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. This is a special quick shot author spotlight edition of Buzzing About Romance. And I am very excited that we are joined by author Claudia Bergoa, and we are going to spotlight her latest release, Truly You. Welcome to the podcast, Claudia. Hi, welcome. I mean, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, we have a couple of people in our community that are big fans, and you were on um, every couple of months. I ask everybody, I'm like, hey, you know, who are some authors you'd like to hear from? And one of our podcast contributors, Jenny, is a big fan. And she's like, uh, you oh. should talk to Claudia. She writes small town romance. And I like thank her books. I'm like, okay, we'll see what we can do. So, Oh, thank you. Anytime. We are happy to have you. Um, okay, so I'm going to read your bio and then we'll get into some questions and get to know you. And then we'll talk about Truly You. Um, so Claudia Bergoa is an award-winning international best-selling author. She lives in Colorado working for a small uh, IT. She has three children and manages a chaotic household of three confused dogs and a wonderful husband who shares her love of all things geek. To survive, she works continually to find purpose for the voice fitting the voices flitting through her head. Plus, she consumes high quantities of chocolate to keep the last threads of sanity intact. Um, we are so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Uh, dogs and children, that adds a whole other level to chaos. It does. <laughs> we but have those. <laughs> we have two children, two dogs. It's chaotic. <laughs> but I love them all. Um, so let's get to know you a little bit as a writer. Uh, Claudia, how long have you been writing? Um. Well, I started writing actually in middle school. I started writing the stories then, but I didn't take it seriously until maybe 2003 when I started taking craft classes. Mm -hmm. And the first time I published a book was 2013. Oh, wow. So you've been doing this a minute. I Yes. Yes, I have. Yes. Um, what is it that drew you to write to writing, but romance specifically? Um, I watched telenovelas with my grandma since I was like four. <laughs> so I know my drama. Yes. Um, I like relationships. I like to watch relationships. I'm fascinated by them. More so when it's hard for me to have meaningful relationships sometimes, mm -hmm. trying to follow cues. So it fascinates me. And making them happen it's even more fun so the telenovela thing kind of makes sense for me because i really like you did a series and it's for whatever reason my brain just went really blank it was a family series and it was some of them lived in colorado and then the billionaire brothers lived in seattle and uh the first couple meets via text message he she's their neighbor their neighbors wrong text right love yes yes I love that series. I love that family, this big, crazy, bonkers family. Um, so your love of telenovelas makes that series make a little bit more sense because they were like so dysfunctional, but so wacky. And I loved them all. <laughs> I yes, yes, I, I love to my family. They won't listen to this. So I can say my family is very dysfunctional, too. <laughs> so. Fair. 
same. And I have an aunt that has friends that are so dysfunctional that she will just tell me, okay, this is what I have for you now. Um, so yeah, that's, yes, a lot of my characters have come from what I, I assimilated in from telenovela since I was four and all the people I've known. Yeah. Oh, that makes so, it makes so much sense now. Cause I'm like, where would you get inspiration for this really wacky functional dysfunctional family and the mom and dad are like these really creative intellects um but the kids all seem like you know they are all like a dumpster fire <laughs> and nobody they talks are. to anybody and I'm like this is it's fantastic because I read that series and I'm like look they fell in love and they're so happy but they are all bonkers <laughs> it still they works are. out Yes, yes, yes. I I love those characters. I, I love the Brassards. Yes, they are so fun. Um, so do you have a romantic trope that is your favorite? It can be to read or to write. Uh, my favorite to read, I think, is Friends to Lovers. My favorite to write lately has been fake relationships. I love a good fake relationship because I think that when you get into fake relationship, there are so many different dynamics and things that can change the relationship. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, like attraction or sexuality. It can just be like the stories you tell yourself or, you know, like the lies you say that like, it's just for this. It's only for six weeks or it's just, it's just a date. Um, and it can spin things so completely yeah. different each time it feels unique. Yes, yes, you can you can write so many different angles in fake relationship. It's I think that's what I'm loving about it. Yeah. Well, and I think that even if it's kind of a similar pattern with a fake relationship, like I need a date for a family obligation or for a business obligation. There's enough things that can change within that, that each story feels fresh. Each story has, you know, new nuances and feelings to it that even though it's still fake relationship, each one feels uniquely their own. Yes. yes. Uh, um, so when you go to write a book, are you a plotter or a planner or like, do you plan or are you a pantser? I, I plan. I have this very, very strange method. So uh, let's say that I think about a story right now after talking to you and getting to know you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a fascinating person. I'm going to write a book about, I think my character is going to be like you, but the book might not appear in, until three years from now, because I have you in the back of my mind trying to find you the perfect guy, trying to find you the perfect setting, trying to find you the perfect family. So I am plotting in my head, nothing is written. Um, when I'm about to write a series that I base on whatever I thought about you right now, that's when they start plotting. Mm -hmm. But even though I have a plot and an outline, the moment I'm writing the book, 25,000 things change. So everything that I thought was going to happen in that book for the last three years doesn't happen, but the <laughs> essence is there. But it's there. It's um, there. So yeah, it takes me some time to, I have so many stories because I just keep 
making them and some people are like when are you writing the story for this character I'm like oh he doesn't have someone yet <laughs> he, he still has to find the perfect person yeah. I don't know where to find her but yeah that's how so it's like I'm a plotter but at the same time I end up pantsing a little yeah. Well, and are you one that the kind of characters speak to you? Like there's that one character that kind of itches at your brain that's like, write my story, write yes. my story. Yes. I'm ready now. Oh, you know who did that? Who? The wrong text right love did that. Oh, did they? <laughs> I, I would never have thought I was going to, I never in a million times was I thinking of writing something like that. The pandemic started and that's when they came to me. And boom, I wrote it. And even the PR at the time was like, yeah, we can fit it, but that's, you wrote it too fast. Are you sure it's okay? I'm like, yeah, believe me, it had to happen. <laughs> this book had to happen. They couldn't wait. I just, that whole concept of meeting and building a relationship with somebody over an accidental text, I think is such a neat concept and I have to imagine that it happens more often than we realize I think so too I really think so too that one and the other one that I love too is kind of like the you got mail feel uh-huh I have a book like that maybe later which is also something similar that they just first meet each other through text through I like that I like that concept I'm like because you're not looking at the person you're not falling in love with the outside you're falling in love with the inside and I love that well and miscommunication is one of those tropes that I don't love and so you know when it's written down you're not really miscommunicating it's misinterpretation which is very human and you know we sometimes read emotions into things that aren't there um, so I think that adds like a whole nother power dynamic to a relationship. Yes. Um, okay. So when you're writing, what is the hardest part for you to write? Like, is it starting it off? Is it the dark moment? Is it the middle, the middle, <laughs> the middle, because I want, I, I want to make sure that I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But I'm not sure if you as a reader are going to enjoy it mm -hmm. because I've heard so much about readers saying it was a great start, but the middle, it was a great start, but the middle, oh, I like the ending, but the middle really, so I really, is the one that I'm panicking every time. It doesn't matter how many books I've written. I panic every time I'm writing the middle. I, yeah, and I can see that because you have to build this relationship. You have to build this story, but you've also got to do it in a way that keeps everybody's interest and keeps the engagement, creates the chemistry. There's so many pieces. And, you know, again, I get so upset with the naysayers like romance is, you know, just easy or anybody could do it. No, not no. anybody can do it because, like you said, in the middle, you got to keep their interest from the meet cute. You've got to keep the chemistry strong. There has to be enough angst that we're all kind of like anticipating what's going to happen. We have to make sure because I think that romance readers are some of the harshest critics and hardest people to please because they have expectations. 
Yes. Yes, they are. They are. They are amazing. They are super supportive, but you have to give them what they need. Yeah. Well, and I've been reading romance. I'm a little older. I've been reading romance since 1990. And, um, you know, I've, I left the genre for a while and, but then I came back and when I came back, I was like, nope, my expectations are up here. Cause you know, I cut my teeth on the Judith McNaughts and the Jude Devereaux and the Julie Garwoods. And I'm like, and to, and Beverly Jenkins. And to this day, those women are Queens. Like, you know, some of their books do not hold up because they did not know the word, (laughs) not Beverly, but like Joanna Lindsay consent was not a word that woman. (laughs) new but she wrote her books in the 70s and 80s it was a different time um but you know my expectations are pretty high but I just love romance I don't know there's something really special about the books yes it's it's they always give you hope that there's gonna be happiness at the end yeah well and I also think for people we have a very wide community that listens to the podcast and we have some younger people that live one of our uh community members she lives in brazil and it's a she lives with very conservative family and she's young i mean like i could be her mom young (laughs) i mean she's 21 and she talks about how finding us gave her a safe place to talk about things things that she couldn't you know she's found books that help her understand her own you know, journey and her own sexuality and all those kinds of things. And that's something that romance gives people, especially people that might not be in spaces that they can talk about these things all the time. Yes. Yeah. Um, they, they can find their, not exactly soulmate, but they can find the person that understands them in a fictional character. Yeah. And there's also like, I think the romance community is a, is an amazing place. It takes us a minute to find each other. Um, but once you find those other romance readers, it's like, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> you don't want to leave them. Yes. You don't. And, um, you know, a, so many of my friends, I have conversations with like the people I see in my real life. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I was talking to my friend Carrie and she was talking about this. And they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, you should have Carrie join us for game night. I'm like, oh, she lives in Maryland. I don't think she's coming <laughs> to game night in Ohio. <laughs> Yeah, no, she she cannot make it. She can't make it this week. Um, so what part of the book is the most fun to write for you? The banter. The banter. I love good banter. Yes, I love, I love, I love to. I'm. It's something I do with in real life. My husband sometimes is like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to expect from you. And we've been married for years. Yeah. Uh, we've known each other for years and still he's like oh my gosh when can you agree with me never (laughs) because it wouldn't be fun where was the fun in agreeing um I am an over processor so like I have to rehash the same things over and over and over again and my husband and I we've been together almost 25 years and he's like stop please I I've heard it You've said it like six times now. We're done. <laughs> like, okay. But I got one more thing to say. <laughs> yes. You haven't finished listening about this. You yes. have to. He loves it when I drone on and on about fictional characters <laughs> and their relationship. <laughs> oh, my God. I 
I'm like, you would not believe that. And he's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> he's a good real guy. For us. To us, they are very, very real. You know, it's so funny. I was thinking about that the other day. We were doing a book review episode, one of our quick shots of romance. And my co- contributor and I were talking about it back and forth. And I'm like, after we were done, I was like, you know, we really dissected that relationship. Like, they were real people. It's just like, they are in my head. I'm like, well, they mine too. Are. They are. I was just talking to my editors about the book that I'm writing. And we were discussing as if they are real. And what's happening is like, and they're like, okay, I feel better because it's a duet. And they're like, okay, I feel better. I feel much better when I read the what you're doing. But yeah. My heart almost stopped. And I'm like, they'll be fine. I promise. <laughs> and then after that, I'm like, but they are fictional characters. We know that, right? Right. Right. We They are fictional. They are... <laughs> We're not fixing yeah. real people here. <laughs> yes. A lot of, yeah. And a lot of my readers are like, what's happening with this character? And it's like, okay. It's fictional, but I know you, you feel me. You feel that, yes, they might be fictional, but we, we know they need their stories. We yes. know. It's so funny. It's such a weird place, a weird space to be in. Um, so Truly You comes out on uh, January the 10th. And this is book four in the Luna Harbor series. And I actually read this as a standalone Um but now I have to go back and read <laughs> the three previous books because I got questions. Um, but it stands up really well on its own. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's a friends with benefits, co-workers, close proximity, small town, billionaire, second chance romance. And I think friends with benefits is one of the hardest tropes to write because you have to balance just the fact that they started this sexual relationship before there was really any big solid emotional foundation and you got to weave that in but you did a really great job on that oh thank you thank you i tried was my first friends with benefits and i'm like oh oh let's see if these works um it did it worked really well i'm glad to hear it i'm glad to hear i love i love luna harbor i love those characters well, and it was kind of its own little unique town, and I liked that about it. I liked that it the town itself had its own kind of feel and personality, and I think that's one of the things that I love the most about a really good, well-done small-town romance is when the town, it almost feels like its own character. character. Yes, yes, that's, that's, yeah, that's my, that's always my goal when I'm, starting a small town um if you go to my Berkers Creek series it has also the small town feel ah it's different from Luna Harbor you 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 won't think that oh my gosh it's town a small whatever no it's they are totally different you you see the uniqueness you see how they stand by themselves and now that I'm planning for another small town I'm like oh my gosh what am I supposed to bring to this one so hoping that I can find something unique for that town too, because it's hard. It, it's hard to make it a character, but once you find it, it's a special. Yeah. Now you want to move there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this is also 
so Luna Harbor is a little bit of a found family, family romance. What are the challenges when trying to write family? Oh, I love to write about families. I'm fascinated by relationships and trying to find the right fit when you were not able to be a part of your own family. Try to find someone that will accept you with all your flaws and all your all your baggage. So trying to mix them up, it's a challenge, but it's very fulfilling when I can just pair them up. Yeah. And say, you guys are together forever. Um, so the hero in this book, and I'm going to butcher his name if I say it, so I'll let you say it if you want. <laughs> Iskander. Iskander. Um, I just started referring to him as is through the entire <laughs> book. It's, you see, yes. Um, so he has some huge growth in this book, and this is spoiler-free. We're not going to ruin it for anyone, but he is like standoffish, brash, a little hard to connect with. Is it, what is the challenge in writing a hero like that? Because by the end, I love him. Like I'm connected with him. I know who he is as a hero. He's a good guy, but he's set up in a way that you're like, dude, you're a jerk. <laughs> Those are my favorite heroes because you need to like, I need to break that uh, shell that they have slowly so you're not like, oh, you're boring. Uh, so I need to break it slowly. I need to show you slowly how they're not how they want to appear to others. They're like Mr. Darcy's. That's how I see yeah. them. That's I like the Mr. Darcy type. You're not exactly Mr. Darcy, but you have that really rough person really and i like that you see him like i hate you why would the herring fall for you and then slowly you're like can i marry you yes yes that's it's it's a challenge and i love that i love to get to that part where people are like i hated him i couldn't connect at the beginning but now can i have him yeah would you deliver them um it's 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 one of my like I think it's like all my heroes are different, but you can see that all of them have some shell because they are always broken. Yeah. I like broken heroes, but they are not you don't see them. It's not the bad guy broken hero with tattoos that you're like Yeah, he's not an anti-hero and he's not an asshole. He just is there's a harshness and an honesty about him, a brashness, and you learn why through the story. So, but it does take some time to warm up. And the Mr. Darcy analogy is perfect. He's stuck in his own routines, his own um, social pr priorities, and, you know, he lives in the confines of what of expectations are for him. And I think yes. that that works for him. Yes. Um, so Siobhan is sassy and smart. And a lot of your female characters tend to be these strong-willed, very smart women. Do you find those easier to write than, say, a wallflower? Because they are not yes. wallflowers. 
they, they yeah they they it's easier for me it's easier to identify with them sometimes it's easier for me i like to write heroines that i want to be best friends with mm -hmm. so someone who has an interesting conversation someone who's smart someone who's going to give something to others but at the same time it's gonna be able to stand for herself I, I like those kind of people. So that's, it's easier for me to bring you that kind of person than, as you say, a wallflower. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Siobhan, she had some major depth to her. So at first she does. She comes off as like really sassy and very smart. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff going on for this lady. And it adds, it just adds so much to the character and I just, I really enjoyed reading her. I I felt like I knew who she was and I wanted to spend more time with actually both these characters. Like I, you know, I could have handled an extended epilogue. <laughs> I know, I know. Every time I try to write one, I'm like, it, it doesn't come out. It, it, I try, but, but maybe that's why you always see my characters again and again in other books. Right. So you continue... Like you're sometimes I have someone wondering about where was the character of the first book I wrote, and all of a sudden they see that character in book 49. And they're like, oh, still alive, still kicking, children, wife, wow. Or the wife is there, the business is still flourishing. Like, yeah. In a way, there there's always Easter eggs in my books. Um, so I do, I did spend some time wanting to yell at both of these characters in this book. Did yeah. you yell at them when you were writing them? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. I did. And sometimes when you see another character yell at my main characters, that was me yelling at them. Um <laughs> so when you saw Lang kind of like giving him a hard time, that was me. Yeah. Because <laughs> when the two friends call him and they were... Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, because I had some moments, like mom moments, and I just wanted to be like, dude, stop. <laughs> yes. You're not helping. Um, so Truly You is it's out now at the dropping of this episode, and it is available wherever you buy books, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Claudia, thank you so much for joining me for this author spotlight. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.